0: Welcome to the Coaching Uncovered podcast, the podcast where coaches come to talk about coaching. My name is Brent Davis and I'm the host of the podcast and I have gone overseas again. I've been on a bit of an Australian rant with the podcast guests lately, but I've gone overseas today and I've got Jane Story with me to have a chat. Thanks for coming in, Jane.
1: Hello, Brent. Uh, I'm very happy to be with you and uh, thanks for inviting me on your show.
0: Now, I've only just found you on socials and I'm really excited to talk to you today and find out about what you do, but can you give us a brief rundown on what you actually do as a coach?
1: I think in a nutshell, having spent about 20 years or more researching and trying to bring something new to golf performance, I'm offering golfers a performance practice because I believe if you you need to perform under pressure, you need a performance practice, which is very different from technical and mental game coaching. So it's something that combines those two. It could say the mind-body connection.
0: Now that that term that that pops up all over the place when when you when you Google you and research you and find out about you performance coaching, and I find that really really um, f- fascinating to see what that actually is. So can you go into a bit more detail on what that actually entails?
1: Well, a performance practice for me, I've taken some very simple principles from the martial arts, Chinese martial arts, which I've practiced and studied for over 34 years. So in the East, when, if you imagine a karate master about to enter into a fight situation... There's no way that they're thinking about the technical aspects of the punch or going through a checklist of positive thinking. They're not doing that. <clears throat> what they are doing is trying to be fully present in that moment to bring their mind and their breathing and their body into some kind of alignment so that they can react spontaneously To whatever their opponent throws at them and whatever intention they have in their mind for what they need to do throwing a punch or a a kick so it sounds sort of very philosophical but it's actually a systemized method of training that's taken from the East and applied specifically to golf to help golfers perform under pressure
0: Okay, okay. It's um, it's it's such a fascinating topic, and I'm sure you could, you could go into so much detail about what that – but how did you come across that? Was it through your own sporting journey yourself yeah. and seeking answers, or did you come across it some other way? I
1: didn't really – I don't suppose I came across it. I think I developed it – Um over many 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 years because prior to my work as a a movement and performance coach i I was a tai chi instructor so i used to teach tai chi to people at um, the local health club the local sports center the local women's institute and because i've always been quite fit and sporty myself the people that i attracted to my classes were also quite fit and healthy and they were interested in different sports um i had competitive swimmers people who loved going skiing on skiing holidays and uh, and golfers and time and time again all these people particularly the golfers said that oh this tai chi is really helping me you know play a, a better game of golf so I started to investigate and obviously I was led immediately to who, who I consider to be, you know, one of the greatest, if not the greatest player, Jack Nicholas. And I heard Jack Nicholas say that golf is played with the feet. And I thought, well that's really interesting because there's a Tai Chi principle which tells us that movement begins in the feet. And then it's transferred through the legs into the upper body and expressed in the hands so sorry it's a very long answer to a question and it's still only a partial answer because it took I would say it took a couple of decades to to work on this to to transfer the principles of Tai Chi into golf and then transfer all of that into something that i'm now calling a performance practice so certain principles exercises drills that come from the martial arts which are so useful for golfers Um, and i I can give you a great example if if you don't mind me carrying on
0: no keep going
1: okay (laughs) i could talk forever about this i'm so passionate about my subject i absolutely love it well In 1987, so cast your mind back, I don't know, Brett, if you were even born then, but in 1987, I went to my first Tai Chi class, which was in the East End of London, and basically I've been doing it ever since. But in Tai Chi, we have a lot of weapons, so we have swords, like a double-edged sword or a broad sword, but... You need to practice Tai Chi, just empty-handed, for at least a year and a half before the teacher will give you a sword, which you then um, go through the Tai Chi movements using the sword. So in that year and a half, you've practiced stance-keeping, you've practiced meditation, breathing awareness, you understand something about balance. You know how to move the body's centre of gravity. You know how to keep the strength down in your legs. You know how to relax the upper body. And then you're given the sword. And then you do forms and, and uh, patterns and katas with the sword. Now, in golf, you know, Joe Blog's golfer can go along to the golf club for his first lesson. And he's given a golf club and asked to wield this this implement striking at a tiny ball hitting it to a far-off target with no training on fundamentals like balance breathing awareness centering where's my balance point where's the center of gravity how am i breathing am i relaxed am i anxious you know do i know my own body there's there's, that's missing that's missing from golf and that's what I'm trying to bring.
0: That that makes so much sense to me because, as as a as a golf coach personally, you see players with golf clubs in their hands and they're trying to swing the actual club. So they're trying to make that club do what they think they need to do to make the ball go down towards a target. If they're taught to move effectively, the club should just go along for the ride, and it'll hit the ball and it'll go towards the target. That just makes so much common sense, but. How have you found changing those ideas that have been around for hundreds of years? That must be a challenge for you.
1: It's been an enormous challenge. I I can't tell you how much I've struggled, um, you know, financially with um, being blocked by people, being passed over, being pushed aside while people go for mostly the guys and all their mental game stuff. but what you say is absolutely right, which is why I have I would not give in. You know, I persisted and persisted. And I read somewhere that all new ideas or new paradigm, they're first ridiculed, so I've had all that. Then they're violently opposed, and I've had all that for years. And then they're finally taken as self-evident. So actually it's obvious that what I'm bringing is needed and necessary it's just it's obvious because if you if you're balanced properly and you've trained your body and you you you're in your legs and your upper body's nice and relaxed and you have more sense of yourself when you're standing over the board not thinking about what you're going to do in a few minutes time but actually being aware of the self if the mind and the body are more related in those moments you're absolutely right that the club almost goes along for the ride and and there's so much more to that but uh, simply put that that's that's it
0: hopefully it's changing space because I certainly in Australia, I know um, like I've been coaching golf for 20-plus years, and when I first started coaching juniors, for example, it was all about getting them on the range and hitting golf shots and hitting balls. But now a, a typical junior program involves hopping, skipping, jumping, different functional, functional body um, movements for those kids as well as golf swing technique. So maybe it's changing, certainly um, getting to get Getting to get uh, more experienced golfers to do that would be a challenge, I'm sure. But hopefully, it's changing in that junior space at least.
1: Definitely, and I mean the Australian market is very, very open. Um, it's been a much tougher nut to crack over here in the UK because people are much more traditional, I guess, and it's very male dominated. The whole of golf, very, very male dominated. So for a woman to come along, especially with different ideas, it's like you know. Uh, it's been a long time for me trying to get that door open but all those things you're saying about those movement drills that the youngsters are doing they're all very interesting but this new paradigm of bringing the eastern philosophy and practice in can complement that because there's a saying in Tai Chi that stillness is the master of motion so Alongside all these movement and functional drills, which are really important, what's also needed, especially if you want to hit that shot when it really matters, is to learn how to be quiet in oneself, to learn how to really sense and feel your own physical body. And all the, all the great golfers and all the great athletes, they've told us, You know, in the moments before they've hit some of their most iconic shots, they were quiet. They weren't thinking about anything. And their body was relaxed. And they had an intention about the shot to which the body could respond and could commit. So we need to train those things. We need to train silence, stillness, centering, balance. And from the martial arts, we we have something which is a state of relaxed readiness, that sort of pre-fight um, attitude which we have in Kung Fu, we have in Tai Chi, but it's also there in nature almost you know, before a, an animal pounces on its prey, this sense of the, a relaxed readiness, a sense of intention to which the body can then respond. And I always think of Seve Ballesteros, the late, great Seve. When you look at pictures of him, you after he's hit the ball, you can see in his eyes the intent was there. It was all about intention, which is not the same as a just. Ch- <laughs> I'm really on my soapbox. I get so passionate about this. But intention is not the same as a, as a mental checklist. It's not the same thing at all.
0: Just to go quickly back to one of the points there you said about a quiet mind, I've seen a, a scientific study years ago and they put the, the brainwave sensors on golfers' heads and when they were hitting golf shots and hitting good golf shots, there was essentially zero conscious thought. The idea was to be outside of your head and just actually playing golf and sexy. actually... It just comes out, and that just makes so much sense to me, again, just having that quiet mind. But it must be challenging to get golfers to to switch off over the ball and not be inside of their heads all the time.
1: Well, this is why you need a performance practice, because it's very, very difficult, even if you do something like formal meditation. It's very difficult to quieten the mind, because the mind is naturally restless and you know scientists don't even know where thoughts come from that the brain is an electromagnetic organ that's just firing off impulses day and night um so you need to train that and this is what I'm this is what I'm saying as a performance practice one of the two pillars to my work and the the key one is being able to sit quietly in meditation and i'm I'm like the anti-app queen. I'm not interested in apps. Fine if you want to start with that, but to deepen your practice, you need to put your phone away and you need to sit quietly. And I've got a free report on my website if anybody wants to to try that. It's It's called Zen Mind Sports Mind. And it's the simple, formal, traditional practice of meditation from the Buddhist tradition which is sitting quietly and bringing the attention to the breathing and you sit there for 15 minutes, 20 minutes you know, every day. And when you do that and you're standing over the ball and you begin to rush because you're anxious or you have all this, you know, mental interference you've got to practice as something very real that you can call upon to help you to remember yourself, remember your breathing, to relax the body, to come back into your physicality and out of your mind. So it is a... A lot of people talk about it. A lot of mental game coaches talk about it. But... and a lot of books have been written about it but nobody's doing the training. So I'm here to say if you want the quiet mind and you wanna hit those beautiful shots because the body can perform when the mind is quiet. The body, the movement is more powerful and fluid
0: I was fortunate that you sent me a bit of a sneak preview of you of your new book, and I was having a having a read through there, and um, also browsing through all your your online content. And some of the things that struck me is the, the the quietness isn't positive thinking, and you hear that a heap in in sports psychology. It's about having positive thoughts and good positive thoughts, but this quietness is something that's off to the side of this. It's completely different to that that traditional sports psychology idea
1: i love sports psychology i love the mental game and of course you must develop your golf technique but when you're actually playing golf you have to forget all that stuff there's a place and a time for that and it's not when you're out on the 13th fairway and you absolutely have to get on the green that is not the time for psychology not at all when you're doing your performance practices and your mind and body are more closely related to each other, you you go into what one of my, um, one of the things I've put in Connected Golf, my new book, there's almost like a spectrum that we all are on some part of that spectrum and it goes from control freak mind which is, you know, I know all about swing technique and if I do this that and the other and I make sure blah 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 this shot's going to come off and it really does. On the other end of that spectrum is team mind body. So the the new paradigm that I'm that I'm bringing is to say and I believe people know the truth of this anybody who's had that experience of being in flow or being in the zone. They know that when they've hit their best shots they've been quiet, they've been relaxed, they've had a sense of intention about the shot and they've committed to that. So so we're, so we're training that. So it's nothing to do with psychology, it's nothing to do with thinking. The, the mainstream approach to golf is let's think about how we're thinking and let's think about how we're going to move in a few moments time that's, that's 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 golf coaching right now and also sports coaching per se um and it doesn't create a joined up golfer it doesn't create a connected golfer when the golf was more connected, the shot is connected. You know this um, this uh, phrase about the golfing machine and I'm not dismissing the, the book of the same name by Homer Kelly, which was very useful, you know, at its time and still is. But who's operating that golfing machine? You know, if the operator's like, too busy thinking and is anxious and shallow breathing and not balanced properly, how on earth is the machine The machinery of the swing technique going to going to work smoothly it can't but if the operator of that golfing machine is calm quiet centered breathing nice and deeply and actually on the golf course as in aware of the surroundings and the birds and the breeze and the sunlight you're having a, a joyful experience there
0: the shot's going to come off, isn't it? It is. And this, again, certainly makes so much common sense, but you're fighting against years and years and years of, of golf coaching going down a certain path and sport coaching in general, as you said. Um, and you hit on something there, and I use it all the time in my coaching, the, the, the control freaks. They're just the hardest people in the world to coach because they just refuse to get out of their own way. They just get stuck up on... Turning it into a perfect goal swinger needs to hit certain spots needs to be here, here, here and here. and we had a quick chat offline, and I call it checklist golf, and it's just the worst person in the world to have on the lesson T because they just they just want you to tell them what the right answer is, so to speak, and they just won't get out of their own way and they won't get out of their head. they just want to make the golf swing perfect and they're just awful to coach. terrible to coach.
1: But we've seen these guys. Um... On the professional tour as well. I don't want to, to name any names. And also, I'm not dismissing the, you know, the, the whole of the industry and the way that it's, the way that it's gone. It's nobody's fault. It's just, it's just how it is. But I want to redress the, the imbalance and, uh, and bring, bring another side to, to this.
0: But again, it just makes common sense because we're doing the right things at the right time of a training plan. For example, if you're setting up a 12 month training plan, there's time outside of competition to work on the technique and to work on the f- fitness as well and work on the other parts of the game. But when you're out competing, it should just flow. You should be in the zone, as you said, and just out it comes. So train That's the stuff right. outside of earlier on. And then when you get out to play, just hopefully just comes out.
1: Yes. I mean, I've been working with juniors, women golfers, women on the professional circuits, uh, senior guys on the professional tour, PGA coaches, um, all kinds of golfers at, at different levels. And even the coaches who've coached for 60 years who have had you know, it's like a lightbulb moment when, when they realize that actually it's the quality of my inner state and I don't mean the psychological state. It's the quality of the inner state, the rhythm of the breathing, for instance, that determines the quality of the golf swing. So the whole, the whole shift is to say that It's not the golfer's job to try to hit the perfect shot. It's your job to try to be present when you're standing over the ball. And when your mind and body are more aligned, team mind-body comes into play, the wisdom of the body-mind, which can, you know, jump quite easily over a, over a wall, it can throw a ball to a target, it can skip, it can hop, the body can do all kinds of amazing things until the analytical control freak mind gets in the way. The body can do it. So why don't we start training golfers as we would a samurai warrior, as we would a kung fu um, warrior. Do you have the uh, Karate Kid movies over there in Australia? Yes. Yeah. We did. Yes. So it's like that. So the control freak mind is like the bully, you know, the older bully who's like r- really tough. And then what <clears throat> what we're doing is is being like the the little guy or Hilary Swank when when she was uh, the, the female uh, protagonist there. You know, training and training and training without really understanding what Mr Miyagi was, was trying to do with them. But eventually they, they beat the bully, don't they? Because they have a, a calm and a confidence which has come from this inner training. And the bully just gets more and more wound up, more and more control freak, more and more angry, and... Yeah,
0: the, the little guys come out on top. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, a, it's certainly a cool story.
1: Um, I'm curious
0: about how you collect clients. Are you out there? Collect as a, them. I as go a, out nabbing
1: a... people off the street.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably not quite the, quite the quite the right term. But how do you attract <laughs> clients for your business? How do you uh, how do you gain clients? Are you out there promoting yourself as a as a sport coach or are you? How are you getting clients to come to you to work with?
1: Well, I am, um, as, as I say, it's been a long, hard slog because it is something very new. And uh, in years gone by, students would just sort of trickle in. I'd have the odd person here and there. But word gets around. And when people start to do this training and they, they go, wow, I can't believe that was really me playing. Or, You know, I've won four out of my last five tournaments. Another guy that I coached in Hong Kong, he he won 10 competitions in a season just by focusing on the balance point and breathing. So word gets around. And um, I wrote my book, Breathe Golf, um, that came out in 2019. My new one, Connected Golf, is coming out in January. So those things have helped. Um, I'm a prolific blogger and I've been on social media for, oh, donkey's years. There are posts of mine going back to sort of 2007, 2008. And, yeah, I put my little um, Android phone on a tripod, plug my headphone in and shoot a little video and put that on YouTube. And, you know, I just... uh, I'm just trying to live what I teach and, and put it out there, not in a salesy way, but in a way of saying, you know, try this, guys, because it, it can really help you.
0: Do you do you work with a, a player's coach as well, a player's swing coach, for example? So if you had a golfer come to you for some assistance, do you tend to work with the player's technical coach also?
1: I do sometimes, yes, I do, especially if they're a competitive player. Um, and especially uh, in a slightly different way if I'm working with a PGA coach who whose game is improving and they want to go back into uh, competitions. Yes, I do, because none of what I'm saying conflicts. It doesn't conflict with swing coaching. It's kind of... I was talking about the two pillars of my work. One is about breathing awareness. This other pillar from Connected Golf is more about well we would say biomechanics if we were to use a sports science term but really they're natural movement principles so they're they're the foundation almost like parameters that can lock in the swing um all lower body stuff thinking about the center of gravity which we call the dantian or the balance point on the feet and um yeah, the, the guys and, and the women that, I, that I've that i worked with in that respect, they, they love it. As long as the coach is open-minded, you know, as long as they... And also if they're interested in the older players, uh, people like Mickey Wright, you know, the great woman, uh, Mickey Wright, and uh, Hogan and Nicholas, if they're interested and they understand about movement and the powerhouse being in the legs... Then, um, then we can really have a good conversation, and I can really bring something to help them.
0: Now, that was that was the, the you've certainly um, ch- jumped into my brain with that one. I had a question I was thinking about. Uh, uh, you've obviously the clients you you attract are open minded because they've obviously gone out and they're seeking something different, and they've found you, and they're open to that. How do you cope with that? Technical coach that that player could have that is saying, "What's this new age garbage that doesn't work? You got to, you have to work on this and this technique wise." How do you cope with that?
1: I think it's just been around for such a long time. I've seen it all. I've heard it all. And you can't beat this training that I'm bringing because Brent, that they're not my ideas. It's not an idea that I had. It's It's work and training principles that are hundreds of years old. And in fact, the meditation is two and a half thousand years old. So I'm passing on. I would say it's ancient wisdom. It's traditional wisdom. And you can't argue with it. You can try and argue with it. And you can say, no, no, I know better and go off and do your own thing. And that's fine, off you go. But, you know, they're not my ideas. I didn't make this stuff up. I'm just passing it along down the line. But I've also been in so many situations where, for instance, teaching for the the Professional Golfers Association. And again, I'm not knocking anything. I'm not disparaging anything. I'm just bringing something new. It's old but new. Um, And teaching for the PGA, I've been in a room where I've hosted an event, and you might have nine or ten people in there, and they are all professional swing coaches, and they all know everything about swing technique. But nobody in that room could take that into a competitive situation. I've also seen Golf coaches go backwards in their own. They can teach, but they can't play. People tell me they're frightened when they stand over the ball because they don't know what they're meant to be thinking about. It's terrible. You know, these young guys, these young guys with all this potential and all this passion for their sport who freeze over the ball because they don't know what theory they're meant to be thinking about, you know so I've, I've seen yeah, I've seen it all <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm sure you I'm sure you have. and again, being female also probably has its challenges being in the sport uh, sport coaching world as well. How do Definitely. you deal with that?
1: I don't know just the same as all the other women in history we have to just work a little bit harder and for a little bit longer but it is it is funny you you have to laugh at it because i've been been putting when golf international magazine was around and unfortunately it it folded but um i was writing about ground force energy and balance and all these things and Nobody paid any attention, and then some guy would come along and, and do this amazing article all about ground force energy, and people would be, wow, isn't that amazing? But um, that's just how it is.
0: Which is, which I'm sure is extremely frustrating, because it shouldn't be like that. If you're putting the information out there and it's the, the good quality information, then it's out there. You shouldn't have to wait for a Yeah,
1: a I, I think guy it's okay it though. Out. Yeah, because my. What I'm bringing, Brent, is not for everybody. It is never going to be mainstream because people can't do the training. It takes a particular type of person and a particular kind of effort to sit there quietly for 15 or 20 minutes. And also to do some of the physical drills. We've got stance keeping, standing practice um, from the martial arts slow motion drills all kinds of things and it's not for everybody so you know people if they want to dismiss it and bypass it or think they know better then that's I just let them get on with it now
0: which is which is a perfect way to be I've got no issue with that whatsoever and I think that's a great attitude to have if this is my stuff this is not for everybody if you want to Come and do it great, come in and do it. if you don't, then off you go and do something else. That's, that's perfect. I, I love that. Now, I've been picking your brain as a in the field of golf because that's where I'm coming from, but you work with other sports as well and other types of athletes. Um, I saw some tennis stuff on your side as well. What other sports are you involved with?
1: Well, in recent years, it's been mostly golf and tennis. But yes, I've worked with uh, all athletes from all sports, from snowboarding, uh, swimming, triathlon, uh, equestrian. I worked with a female um, a racing driver. All kinds of all all kinds of things, as I said before, skiing as well. Um, <clears throat> All sorts of all, – all kinds of sports because the principles are movement principles and they apply no matter what the sporting situation.
0: Um, I'm curious because in a sport like – golf you have all the time in the world to complicate things and overthink things um in a sport like tennis where it's a bit more reactive the ball's coming over the net and you're hitting it back without much time to to get inside your head do you find those types of sports are simpler to get the quiet mind going or is it the same for all sports
1: well athletes can tighten up in any situation I mean, I remember really clearly, because I spend a lot of time, if I'm watching sport on television, I'm often shouting at the television because <laughs> I, I wish the athletes would take on, you know, board some of this ancient teaching. But there was a there was a situation, and it could have been the US Open, or it wasn't Wimbledon, but it was a big uh, tennis match, and it was Djokovic versus Andy Murray. And Djokovic had slipped and Andy Murray had uh, a pretty much open court. uh, If he didn't, if he'd hit a backhand, he's trying to hit a backhand down the line shot to the opposite side of the court to where um, Djokovic had fallen. And you could almost see him tighten up. Murray tightened up and that ball, it, 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 on any other point, on any other day, that ball would have gone straight over the net and into the corner, and he'd have won the point. But because he absolutely had to get it, he tightened up, and the ball went into the net. You know, my my grandmother could have hit a better shot, and she's been dead for twenty five <laughs> years. You know, it was it was terrible. So athletes tighten up in all circumstances, not, not just uh, standing over a ball, You know, but if, if, the, if Murray had, uh, you know, known something about breathing and the center of gravity, kept his mind quiet, and allowed the body to respond to the intent, rather than trying to make the shot happen, this is the paradigm shift, you see, you know, the, the match could have turned out very differently.
0: So coming at it from a slightly different angle then, so with uh, on a guy on a course playing golf, they've got time to hit that bad shot and hopefully recognize that they weren't in the right f- zone and the shot hasn't gone where it's supposed to go. Got time to correct it before they get to the next shot. With that tennis player, they haven't got as much time to recenter for want of a, the, the proper word, but... Um, between shots i haven't got as much time to do that so is there different strategies that you give to those types, for those types of sports
1: well not really it's the same it's the same training so let's say the the athlete let's say there's a tennis player and a golfer and they're both practicing their meditation so they've been doing 20 minutes seated meditation maybe 10 minutes standing practice so they know about the dantien center of gravity and the balance point on the feet and relaxing the upper body. Let's say they've been doing that. Um, They're taking that then into their sport. So the golfer obviously you can't concentrate on those things for a four hour round, but you can start to you can relax in between shots when you're walking to the ball, but as soon as you're stepping up to the ball just before you're going through your pre shot routine and your practice swings, you can change the emphasis from relaxing and enjoying nature and talking to your playing partner to, okay, right now I'm going to focus internally. I'm breathing into the Dantian and relaxing my upper body. And all of that quietens the mind. And the same with the tennis player. You're breathing all the time you're playing the two-hour tennis match anyway. And you often see players, they turn their back to the net when they step to the baseline. They're regrouping themselves before they serve. Now, rather than regrouping in a psychological way, you can regroup with these internal focuses. You know, relax the chest, breathe into the centre. And and find that inner silence from which we know movement can flow more easily. So it's exactly the same thing. And what's so interesting about this uh, work is that the performance practices, they're the same at home, in the locker room before the, the sport, before the match, walking out to the first tee, taking your first serve in a, in a tennis match you know standing on the the top of the half pipe waiting to do your snowboarding routine or whatever it is you know these it's so fascinating that from tai chi which is my you know the main martial art that i studied for and practiced for for years and years you had Four or five generations of the same lineage working on specific things. The same thing. So for instance, they got the balance point on the feet down to a single point on the foot, which is not where most golf coaches tell you to be balanced. Okay. And I yeah, and I've got a you there's a little if you go on my website, I've got a YouTube video I made all about it. Uh, And I'm holding up my shoe so you can see exactly where, where the balance point is. But, so it's not a, it's not a load of ideas. It's training that's been honed and refined over, over, you know, as I say, hundreds of years and many, many generations. So we just keep everything the same.
0: So for people wanting to hunt down that YouTube video, I'll put a link to it in the show notes so people can go and find what that balance point is.
1: I'll send you the link. It's something about tai Chi footwork, but I, uh, I'll send it to you.
0: I will, I will certainly get it out there. This is just really fascinating information and it's something it's just, just completely blows my mind that it's not as mainstream as it should be by the sounds of things. It's just... Um, it's just yeah it just makes so much common sense is he, he, hearing you talk about it again just makes so much common sense to me as a, as a coach and this is the type of stuff that we should be doing with our students it just again just um, is such a surprise that it isn't as as common as it as it should be. It's just crazy I
1: think, it, I think we'll get there but it, it took me a long long time to be able to put it in a nutshell. Um, I think you've you've got the um, uh, the, the preview of, of my new book, and um, I'd love to talk about that offer with you before we finish. But um, there are many, yeah, you know, there are many many things that that we can be practicing, and a and a very different way of uh, of preparing for movement. But it took, me, yes, it took me a very long time to get it into a nutshell that I could describe it, because in the introduction to the book, I say that for many, many years, even my, I've got two, two people who've mentored me, and the arguments and the, <laughs> the misunderstandings and the differences of opinion, and they didn't want me to call it meditation, they didn't want me to talk about Tai Chi, Um, and I was like, well, that's what it is, you know. Um, and not knowing if I was a mental game coach, I'm not a mental game coach, but I'm not a golf coach. What am I? What am I doing? It took a very, very long time to make it sound as simple as it is, as it, as it, you know, is sounding in, in a, in a nutshell to say that it's a performance practice.
0: So how did your, your coaching translate into this online world that we've found ourselves in with COVID? You obviously oh. can't do as much in person anymore. How did it translate into, into Zoom calls? Did you, have you found that it's worked the same or is it harder to do online?
1: Um, well, I do, I'm not trying to be flippant to anybody who's had a terrible time with COVID. So I want to be clear about that. But my lockdown was fantastic. I managed to get this book finished, and um, I put all my coaching online, or 80% of my coaching online, and it really opened things up for me. You know, I've got clients in 20 different countries around the world, you know, students and followers and readers and it translates very well. I mean, look at us, we've never spoken to each other before today, and here we are having a wonderful conversation. And um, it just works so well when people are are disappointed with their goal and they've tried everything and they're open to, okay, tell me to sit quietly and, you know, do nothing. I'll do it, I'll do it now, I've tried everything else. Um,
0: Well, again, as as a golf coach, I have trouble getting them to go out and hit golf balls, so at least you're telling them to go and sit on the couch and don't do anything. That's a good thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I always, if people want to to train with me, I always like to speak to them first to make sure that we can work together. But a criteria for having a sort of a free 30-minute call with me is you do your training for three weeks. Go and do some meditation and then come back and tell me what it was like. And that's the basis from which we can start working together. Um, but I
0: like yes, it. I thank God for Zoom, eh? Yes, it is. It's um, you you should have bought shares in online video conferencing yeah, really. a few years ago.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you would have made a fortune, a killing on it. So no, that's exactly. um, it just. What possessed you to write a book? I can just picture the work that you would have had to do to write that book to get your ideas into a place where you could put it on paper. That's just asking for trouble, isn't
1: it? Well, I uh, thank you for asking me all these questions because most people, they, they don't bother about, you know, me and my sort of struggle. They're just interested in what I'm teaching. So it's very insightful of you and and I thank you for that because it's been incredibly, incredibly tough. Um the, the book that I brought out in twenty nineteen, Breathe Golf, that took me seven years to write. And this book, Connected Golf, which you've seen the preview of, that took ten years. Took ten years to write. And the relief since I finished it, I only finished it about uh, three or four weeks ago and for the last yeah for the last month i've been going through the editing process with the publisher but it's so interesting for me not to be writing anymore to be i can relax
0: you've got free time time again (laughs) in the
1: back of my mind i've got to get this thing finished it's it's all gone it's done so it is it is my life's work um and I, i just had to do it brett I had to do it because, as as I've said, I'm not trying to bang my own drum, but I had to do it because what I'm bringing is true. It's true and it's real and it's right and it needs, somebody had to do it. You know, they're not my principles, it's not my teaching, but these, the world is becoming so chaotic and fragmented and divided. and I was speaking to a client uh, in Wisconsin yesterday, um, day before yesterday and he was saying that and it's the same here in the the UK, you get broadband rage when you can't get online within 2 seconds. There was a punch up at a petrol station because somebody had to queue up for petrol, you know it it's um people are crossing roads in front of lorries on their mobile phones scrolling through their phone mm. you get kids at the gym that are that, that, i mean i leave my phone in the locker room when i go to the gym but these young young people are scrolling through their phone sending messages talking on the phone between their reps that they're doing and the world is it's getting really noisy, and the noise is mostly—excuse me if I say this—but it's mostly bullshit. The noise is—it's it's people's opinions, They're all subjective opinion. Um. So the timing of of this is very useful, I think. We need to quieten the mind of the world because it's 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 control freak mind, isn't it? We need some silence to, to be able to connect to the things that are essential. One of the books that I always recommend my students to read is a book by a Japanese Zen master called Shinryo Suzuki, and it's a book called Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. And Suzuki was a Japanese Zen master who traveled from Japan to America in the late 1950s, and he and others other Zen masters as well, but Suzuki's one of my favourites, talks about the importance of the breathing, that we can't actually live without it. So we could live without food. If you didn't have food for, you know, five days, four or five days, we can cope with that. We could even cope with not having water for a few days. But our breath, is integral it underpins our very existence if you stop breathing within two minutes you're dead so if you're not paying attention to your breath or if you haven't checked in with your breathing at some point in the day you know you're basically daydreaming your way through your life you're on autopilot and you're not tapping into something that's that's
0: fundamental and essential. Stop making so much common sense. You can't come on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: and just talk
0: common sense.
1: I have to put a common sense tax on my work, shall I? <laughs> it just it just makes so
0: so much sense when you when you hear coming coming out from you. It just makes so much common sense. But just going back to publishing your work, that you must be extremely proud of that. Just to be able to put yourself out there and publish it and put it out there. in twice is just extremely powerful just to, to, to put yourself through that, that stress, to put your information out there. But that must be something that you're extremely proud of.
1: Uh, it's sort of tinged with a bit of sadness because I lost my mother very, very suddenly seven years ago from a, from a stroke. And, um, you know, she was my favourite person in the whole world. and We were, we were extremely close. So it was a huge shock to me and to the whole family. Um, But you see this practice of meditation, it goes through all things. So even when my mother passed away, I was doing my practice all the way through trying to help my father and my sister and myself. I was doing my practice. When my relationship broke up I was doing my practice and these principles and the training that I've been trying to bring I've persisted because of my practice Um, it it gives you some kind of um, some kind of strength which is not a it's not an ego-based strength, but something that's, that's more from inside, like an, an inner strength. Um, the Buddhists actually have a wonderful phrase. They say, under all circumstances, continue. And, um, yeah, I suppose, I'm, I suppose I'm proud of myself. I'm, I, I certainly feel...
0: I do walk around my flat doing like fist pumps now going, yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. So you should as well. But, um, and again, that was probably the second point I was going to make is the fact that this translates into everyday life, again, makes common sense. that if you do it in your sport and you train it in your sport, it'll filter through to everyday life and it has to make a difference to your own person. Um, your own personal life. If it's yeah, as you said, we have to breathe. We have to be conscious. We have to be doing that, and it filters through. It again just makes common sense to do train this in sport because it will keep going through and in, improve in your quality of life.
1: That's Huge right. Positive. Well, lo- lo- lots of my students have said, you know, well, my marriage is better, my relationship with my children is better, um, my health is better, my you know, I'm more relaxed on and off the golf course. Yeah, it's 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 for everything. It's for for everything. But it, but the zone and the the flow state is so akin to the meditative state. And one of the reasons that I that we all love golf and sport so much. When you see a player hit a beautiful shot on the golf course, a tennis court or, or wherever I think it really touches something in us, in our humanity. We see something like, wow, you know, like just something about our potential and our possibilities, which is not just dependent on how brilliant we think we are or how much we think we know about something, but about being more connected inside, more quiet, I hate this word but because it's overused but more mindful or more present and for athletes of course when that state is attained and we can't say achieved because we can't achieve it it, by the grace of something it comes to us when we strive for it and when we're quiet. Movement, the most complex movements are rendered effortless and sublime it, it it's extraordinary and yeah it it just touches everything in in life it you know everybody get meditating do your practice <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's again. I just love that, and I could sit here for hours and pick your brain and hear all these all these great stories and great information you're sharing with us. But I, we do have a hard out today. You need to to do some things, and there is a few questions that I like to throw to all sure. the guests that come on the podcast. So I'd like to throw those to you, sure. um, For coaches out there. Um, what advice would you have for for coaches? out there to get involved in this space, for example, or to improve their coaching in general?
1: Well, to improve coaching in general, I would say it's a very good idea to start doing your meditation. So there's this free report on my website, 15 or 20 minutes, even if it's two or three times a week, is a good start. Um, I think we're able to listen to people better when we're quiet inside, and you can also see things You can see your client and how they're moving and, you know, because often we're on autopilot, aren't we, when we're talking about uh, our coaching principles or technical stuff. Um, I'm also going to be looking for a select number of individuals to help me teach these principles of connected golf and breathe golf. Um, but that would entail a fair amount of training with me. I mean, I've done 34 years training. I'm not saying that much at all, but I, um, I believe that this, this is going to break, you know, the wave's going to break and a lot of people are, are going to be interested. So I'm definitely looking for just a handful of people because I need to keep the quality and the integrity of the methods but I'm looking for people to help me teach.
0: Okay. So if there's any coaches out there that are keen to get involved, that sounds like a, a tempting offer out there. So I'm now I'm sensing a theme about um, getting involved in this space. So advice for, for sports people out there, I'm guessing similar type of advice, start, start doing the yeah, training.
1: Yeah. Do your performance practice. It's to perform under pressure, you need a performance practice. And the... The bedrock of all of it is the ability to sit quietly with yourself for 15 or 20 minutes, daily if you can, bringing your awareness and your attention into your breathing. So there's a free report called Zen Mind Sports Mind. Sign up to my newsletter, get the report and you can start doing the training. When the mind is quiet, the body can move more freely. And from a quiet mind, you can start to understand other things about what Brent and I have been speaking about. Um, but it's it's the bedrock of everything.
0: Awesome. Um, is there anything that you would change in your in your coaching journey up until now? Is there anything that you would go back and change if you had the chance?
1: I don't think so, Brent, because because it's been so difficult. You just. You, you know, if there are, if there's no struggle, then no effort is required. And if no effort is required, then nothing's really achieved. So, no, I'm happy. I'm happy. I say, you know, thank you to God or the universe or Gaia. I, I say, you know, thank I thank you for everything that I've got, but I also thank you for all the crap I've been through. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Completely valid answer. The, all the all the struggles you've gone through have turned you into the person you are now, which is That's which right. is great, and I've, I've got no problem with that whatsoever. So you've you've given us a bit of a sneak peek into the next answer, anyway. But in five years' time, where do you see yourself? Obviously, you're gonna have a on the beach
1: uh, in Hawaii, feet up with a banana daiquiri. <laughs> Sounds nice. Yeah, or um, yeah. Uh, heading up a a team of coaches around the world and you know really um, embedding this uh, new paradigm into golf and and other sports and just seeing people happier on the golf course because people play golf because they want some enjoyment and they want that thrill of the perfect golf shot rather than being frustrated and uh, you know unhappy and miserable and so, so yes, yeah, so I like to
0: see people fulfilling their potential. I like it. I like it a lot. Really, really cool ideas there. Um, you've dropped a few sources of, of learning and information into the podcast as we've gone through. Um, is there anywhere that you go all the time or keep going? Is there certain podcasts that you that you tune into or sources of, of learning that you you hunt out all the time?
1: Well, I think I've done I've done all the learning that I that I've needed to do with my sort of background for me mostly it's been about training rather than reading so I've been training and and working with my students and listening to the feedback from my students Um, yesterday I was chatting to one of my clients actually in Melbourne on zoom and he discovered something about about his golf swing purely by doing the performance practices because the body has its own wisdom and if you listen the body will tell you how it's most comfortable and how it wants to move Um, so yeah I don't don't read I I, I read sort of spiritual books I suppose I I read uh, books by um, and about a man called Gurdjieff, who was a teacher who appeared between the First and Second World War. I read um, Shunriya Suzuki, um, Osho, uh, different different things like that.
0: That's cool. That's cool. Um, where can people find you? Uh, social media handles, websites we can yes. put some links uh, I've to? I've got
1: a website. It's chi, C-H-I hyphen performance.com so chi-performance.com and um i've got twitter and facebook and i think the handles on them are both breathe perform but you can find that through the website
0: i will put some links into the show notes for everybody so they 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 can find you i think you have instagram as well i think i've seen some instagram posts yeah i don't use it
1: my eye i don't want to My eyesight's a bit rubbish on my phone, so I don't use Instagram. (laughs) I'm old-fashioned.
0: No, no, that's all good. And you said you had a special offer for people that are tuning into the podcast.
1: I do. So my latest book, Connected Golf, the subtitle is Bridging the Gap Between Practice and Performance. I've got a special pre-launch offer where I will send you the first four chapters of the book for you to read. I will send you a signed paperback copy, and that's me signing it, going to my local post office and posting it to you. Um, old school. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm miss old school, yeah. And you get a 30-minute coaching call with me. Okay, so that's all now. And that offer closes on the 12th of December because I can't spend all of next year on the phone to people. So it's uh, it's limited. So you get the preview, signed paperback, 30 minute coaching call and I'm going to send Brent the link um, or you can contact me through the website and I'll give you the link which is a special hidden link um, so it's just, just for your listeners today.
0: I will put that in the show notes and um, so people can people can find that Jane thank you so much for your time today I really appreciate you spending this time with me and going through all your information um, so generous of you to come in and and, and speak to me and, and share everything with me I just really enjoyed that chat and I can kind of sense a part two coming on at some stage in 2022 I think we can uh, go in even even further into your information I think there's really really cool stuff you brought it to the to the table today
1: Day. Well, thank you for all your, your insight and your care in the way that you've um, interviewed me. Um, it's very touching and I, and I really appreciate it. Um, thank you very much indeed.